Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Whenever I saw those strongman competitions on ESPN, that's the one that always blew me away. The guys who were pulling the trucks at a steel chain by their teeth. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I couldn't believe I, it. I mean, I hate to one-up you, but it got to the point in those competitions where guys were pulling small planes. Oh, is that true? Yeah, that's how wild it is. Wow. Yeah, those guys are strong. I only thought you were checking in to watch it because those were your people. The bald oh, they and the bearded. are my people. Yeah. The bald and the bearded. And I would say guys. 84% of those guys were bald, bearded, and 300 pounds. Yes. Those are my people. <laughs> yes, those Absolutely. are Absolutely. And as we have established many, many times between Brian Dable and Joe Douglas and whoever else you want, it's our time. It's our time right now. <laughs> We're having a moment, as they say. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty, I, I hate to use the words must win. Now, in actuality, I don't. It is a must win tonight for the Phoenix Suns in Game 2. They cannot afford to go down two games to none, headed to Los Angeles, then all of a sudden you are going to have absolute bedlam inside that Suns locker room. I think that's a complete mess if they lose game two. There is no question about it. This is a must-win game for the Phoenix Suns. If for no other reason, the pressure that was put on this team when ownership, new ownership and Matt Ishbia decided to take a big swing and make the Kevin Durant trade. It was at that moment when you moved off of all of those picks, all of the pick swaps, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, among other assets, when you did all of that to get Kevin Durant, what you were saying is forget about hedging for the future. We're trying to win in the here and now. Kevin Durant is in his mid-30s. Chris Paul is in his late 30s. We've got to get a championship now. And for this team to flirt with going to L.A. down 0-2 would be disastrous. So you're absolutely right. The urgency, the pressure in Game 2 gets ratcheted up. And so we'll see if Kevin Durant and the supporting cast for the Phoenix Suns can step up and respond. Listen, I don't want to get too nuts over it, but I would say this. If we're going to look at, so far, what they look like, and it's one game, this nowhere near resembles a, t- a team that would go on a championship run. And that just has to me uh, to be all about getting the basketball to the right guy. And I uh, maybe it's because they're used to doing it a certain way when it comes to Devin Booker. Chris, Kevin, Dur- Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Durant's made for these moments. He's made for these moments. And this is why you got him, because he fits in so perfectly as – somebody that can adapt to how you play, and he is just so refined and pure in scoring, he is near impossible to stop. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Kevin Durant has only played, what, 10 games? Yeah. With, with the guys on the Phoenix Suns, so it's it's not as if there's a lot of experience, a lot of chemistry, and even though he might be the most adaptable, the most malleable superstar that we've ever seen in the NBA It's still an adjustment, a learning curve that comes along with competing with your teammates, especially 
when we're talking about postseason basketball. So I think there, there's a lot of newness that's out there. And not only is KD trying to feel out the opponent, but he's also trying to feel out his teammates. That's how you go five minutes in the fourth quarter of game one without taking a shot down the stretch. And, and so I think you'll see less of that in game two, but will that in and of itself be enough for them to be able to beat the Los Angeles Clippers? One of the things we're not talking about is how deep the Clippers are. Even though they don't have Paul George, they got a lot of guys that can get buckets, big fella. I yeah. mean, they got a lot of guys. Where you're talking about Bones Highland or you're talking about Norm Powell, Terrence Mann, all them dudes can get buckets off the bench. Not to mention what we saw from Eric Gordon going off early in that game too. We know he can score in bunches from his time down in Houston. So they've got other guys that they can turn to. But if Kawhi Leonard is going to continue to be that efficient, especially in the mid-range and in isolation situations, and be a lockdown defender down the stretch on KD, the Phoenix Suns got their work cut out for him. You know, it's amazing is we we almost forgot. We almost forgot how good he is. Because well, I didn't know that he so was long. capable. But here's the thing. I didn't know after all of these injuries that he was capable of being that guy. And I don't think I'm out of pocket for feeling that way. No, He's of only course paid, not. Think about this. He's only played in 161 games over the last four years. 161 games. 161 regular season games across four seasons. That's half a season on average. That, that's that, what I'm saying, yeah. big fella. So is it, is, it, is it crazy for me to think that Kawhi Leonard might not have it anymore, especially when we get to the postseason? No. So that's the part that surprised me. I didn't think that he was going to play heavy minutes. I didn't think that he was going to drop 38 points, and I didn't think that he was going to be the primary defender on Kevin Durant. And he seemingly went down the list and checked every single one of those boxes, shooting 54% from the field, 60% from three, playing over 41 minutes. It it was just an incredible performance. Now, can Kawhi Leonard sustain that level of play? That's something that we also got to watch for for game two because if he doesn't, the Clippers have no shot. You know, when you have Kawhi doing that, Chris – and you have him, what did he play in game one? 40, 41 and a half minutes. 41 and a half. How much is that sustainable? Like, just just the pure ability to do that, considering he is the two-way player that he is. It's not just 41 minutes. It's 41 stressful minutes. Yes, no it's doubt. 41 minutes on both ends of the floor. Is it? Is it truly sustainable for a player like Kawhi through all of that. That, to me, is the biggest question of of all of it. And here's the other thing, too. Granted, he did little things the other day. Is it just going to be a crapshoot each and every night with Russ? Feels like it. (laughs) Feels like it. I mean, for a guy that goes three for 19 but makes winning plays down the stretch of a game, it feels like it. Well, here's the other thing. He was awful shooting the basketball, and he came one point and two assists away from a triple-double. He found other ways to impact the game, and that's what we've seen from the Brody in his entire career. Now, it hasn't necessarily been in the biggest spots in the postseason, and so that was the part that was interesting and made him somewhat of a hero in game one over the weekend. And so do I have confidence that Russ can continue to bring that level of tenacity and playmaking? I actually do. Now, the only question becomes, can Russ improve in terms of shooting and scoring from the field? That's where the big question mark with his game comes into play. 
and how that impacts the rest of what we see in this series. So Russ is going to have to be more of a factor in terms of scoring the basketball because Kawhi's got to share a little bit of that workload. And I don't think Eric Gordon is going to be what he showed in game one across the rest of the games in this series. So I, I would say that Russ is going to have to step up as more of a scoring threat in this series. That means more slashing, um, meaning being able to find ways to put pressure on the interior of that Suns defense, being able to get to the foul line. All of those things are going to matter for the Brody. Now, I have one question for Shannon Penn, our producer. And I, this is a very vital piece of information. Oh, it's a lot of pressure. All right, I'm ready. Shannon, who are the officials for tonight's game between the Suns and the Clippers? Uh, that would be one official that's most important is Mr. Scott Foster. Oh, 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 Scott Foster. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remind me, Shannon, what Chris Paul teams are in postseason games officiated by Scott Foster. Chris Paul teams are currently 0-14 in the last 14 playoff games officiated by one Scott Foster. Okay. <laughs> Scrolling through Caesars Sportsbook Casino wagering, somebody thinks he's found a play of the night. So that's going to that's be a part of our parlay tonight? I kind of think it has to be. I, I actually like that. I actually like that. <laughs> I mean, at, at that Suns I mean, are giving seven and a half points tonight. Dare I use the L word? <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing: Do you go Oppo and take the Clippers on the money line? Whew. Now we're talking. Now, now we're getting in some interesting territory, big fellow. Can't they lock it up? You gonna lock it up? Well. Plus 278 on the money line. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh must... man. I, I know it's a little early, but we got we to gotta talk about what that Kawhi Leonard over-under is, too, because I feel pretty good about that one as well. I'm All just right, saying. I'm just, just going to give you a quick look. If you had to guess, what do you think it is for tonight? I'm going to say 28 and a half points. You hit it right on the button. Really? Yes. Nice. 28 and a half. Okay. All right, so let's just, 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 just for an early taster, right? Yeah. Just the two-leg same-game parlay. Just to wet my beak a little bit. Yeah. The Moneyline Clippers, Kawhi over 28 and a half, plus 490. That's got some juice. <laughs> oh. That's got some juice. <laughs> that, that's a great way to go into oh. hump day. That is a great way coming off of that kind of win. Whew. I, I tell you Whew. what, I got to find that damn money gun. <laughs> gotta, <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, and I don't want to touch the money. Yeah. But us feeling this good about the Clippers says something about the Phoenix Suns. It really, it really does. does. It, it really does. It says something about the Suns. Canty and Carl at ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Suns and Clippers. That's going to be a hot ticket in the desert tonight. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. 
turnaround fadeaway. It's gone! A dagger! A jumper by Embiid! And a feathery J goes right there. Maxi for three. Ball game! Maxi knocking down another three! And the Sixers back in front by 11. The buzzer sounds. It's the 76ers two games to none. They lead as they beat Brooklyn. We're fortunate, but this is what playoffs are about. Just going to test your trust. So that was an early test for us, and then we came through. I mean, it was a test. I don't know that it was a major, anything more than a pop quiz. Let's be fair. All the yeah, that was play. that was a pop that was a pop quiz open book. You got all the yeah. answers to the. T- <laughs> you got. All, I mean, your, your buddy took it yesterday and told you what the questions were. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into what Doc is selling right there. But maybe it's not for us to buy in. Maybe it's for his guys in the locker room to buy into. Maybe that's one of those instances where the head coach is talking to his team through the media because it's evident that he's trying to instill some level of confidence in his guys in his guys, because things did not go well for this team early in the postseason last year in their matchup against Toronto. They just didn't. And so you're hoping that along this journey that this group of guys has more confidence in Doc Rivers and more confidence in each other that they can do high-level winning. The highlights, courtesy of 97.5, the Fanatic in Philadelphia. What's impressed me the most so far about the Sixers being up two games to none on the Nets is just that it feels like it's been very matter-of-fact. I know there have been some bumpy moments, but at no point in the first two games of this series did I feel like the Sixers were in any kind of real jeopardy of losing because in each and every time where they have needed a big play, they have come up with a big play, Canty? I don't know, man. I didn't like the way they played that first half. I mean, going to halftime down five to this group of guys. And I mean, they were down camp. 10 overall at one point, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, they were down 10 in the in the, in the first half. I want to say in the second quarter. And you yeah. let Cam Johnson drop 22, into, including dunking one on Joel Embiid's head. I just did not like the energy from the Sixers early. And I felt like they were playing with their food a little bit. But you saw them kind of turn it on in that third quarter. You know, you saw the tide of that game turn in the third quarter, and that's when you saw more of the defensive presence um, from that entire team, but specifically from Joel Embiid. That's when he had the Mikel Bridges block dunk, and I thought that kind of built some momentum for the Sixers, and, and, and you were able to see them turn good defense into transition offense. And I think that's what it needs to look like for the Sixers uh, in order to, um, you know, have – a situation where you take some of the pressure of scoring the basketball off of Joel Embiid because looking at the rest of this team, like they seem like they're offensive, offensively challenged in some instances in half-court sets. Like, you know, you're hoping that on any given night Tyrese Maxey or James Harden can be your number two in terms of scoring the basketball, and then your number three is a crapshoot, big fella. It really just is. Whether it's Tobias Harris or – P.J. Tucker, who was awful shooting the basketball last night, De'Anthony Bell. Like, you're just hoping that you're getting a third guy to be able to step up because you're not going to get it every single time for Maxi or Harden. You'll get one or the other. Then it's like, who is that next guy in line that's going to step up and take scoring pressure off of Embiid? And I, I, right now, you know, you, you just don't have that degree of confidence that there's going to be that guy that's there. Now, there is the issue of all the double teams that Embiid is going to be dealing with. Here which he is, is my point. Which yeah. is my point. Oh, absolutely. And, and 
with that in mind, here he is after the game on that topic. That didn't change the strategy. Um, you know, didn't work in the first game, and uh, they came back, you know, firing, you know, double, triple teams all over the place. Uh, and once again, we did take advantage of it. Pretty cold in the first half, and then in the second half, you know, you're not going to give the, you know, best three-point shooting team, you know, that many looks uh, without uh, my guys, you know, making those shots. So I hope they keep doing it, and we're going to keep making the right plays and knock down those shots. And so far, it's not really having an effect. If we look at ESPN stats and information, here's what we've got. In game two, they shot 52%. The Nets did it on 12 of 23 on plays where Embiid was doubled. For the series, Embiid has been doubled on 54 plays, and the resulting field goal attempt percentage uh, have only been uh, field goal attempts have only been contested 50% of the time by Brooklyn. He is that much of a dominant figure that it hasn't really figured that into it. The problem is, as you point out, at some point it's going to be a it's going to be an issue. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. And PJ Tucker has got to be able to knock down the corner three when he's wide open. The ball always finds those guys that are open out of those double team situations. Joel Embiid is a masterful passer and playmaker in those situations. That's why they give him the ball in the high post. So he can have vision across the entire court as opposed to the low post where it's easier to double a guy. They give Joel Embiid the ball in that spot because when the double comes, he can pass to the open guy or he can, he can get it to a guy that can get it to the open guy. So it's a situation where the ball is going to move. If you're going to consistently be that open guy, you've got to find a way to knock down shots. We didn't see that last night from PJ Tucker. He's going to have to be that guy. Now, DeAnthony Melton off the bench, he gave you some of that. But you're going to have to find guys that can consistently do that. James Harden wasn't that dude last night. He was 3 of 13 from the field, and he only had eight points in 38 minutes. So my point is, you're always going to get that secondary guy, whether it's Maxi or Harden. But who's going to be the third guy in their lineup that can consistently knock down open shots? I just don't know who that is right now, and that's what gives me a little bit of pause in terms of projecting what the Sixers' ceiling is once they get past the first round with the Brooklyn Nets. Well, here's where the ceiling goes up. Giannis uh, did not practice today, still has the back issue. Uh, the Budenholzer said they're still feeling optimistic about his game op, uh, chances for Game 2 tomorrow night. The Sixers, to me, in the grand scheme will benefit the most from Muhammad hobbled Giannis. This is, I, I think the, the Milwaukee Bucks are the team that would, would expose that for the Sixers and really do them in uh, if that's the case. And obviously that wouldn't happen until the conference finals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the winner of, if Giannis is, is not available or if he's compromised from a health standpoint from here on out, then I think the winner of, the Sixers-Celtics series ultimately ends up being the winner of the Eastern Conference. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We were taking your calls on the following topic. If you were to give $200 million guaranteed to one of the quarterbacks, being Burrow, Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts, or Lamar Jackson, which of the four would you be most comfortable giving to it? 888, uh, giving it to 888, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls are on the way, as is our daily dash to the draft. 
One of the quarterbacks feels nearly impossible to figure out, yet he has moved up draft boards and is now the favorite to be the number two overall pick. And it ain't C.J. Stroud. We'll explain next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You know, it's Greeny, Mel, Schefter, McShay, all, Lewis Riddick, all of the usual suspects. On the TV side, on the radio side, it'll be Canty, myself, Mike Tannenbaum, Ian Fitzsimmons, Covering the draft from pillar to post, 27th, 28th, 29th. Next week, live from Kansas City, we are fired up for it. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And as we do each and every day at this time. Okay, football fan, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. Uh, God bless the awkward words of Roger Goodell, Canty, because it is that time once again to get back to some football. I am blown away by this. Blown away by this. Major odds improvement on the number two overall pick. If you're betting on the draft at Caesar Sportsbook, this player has moved from 10 to 1 to plus 180 today to be the second overall pick in the draft. And that player is Will Levis. Wow. I'm stunned by this. Canty, this is a big theme for me right now. What's going on with C.J. Stroud, and why is he falling? You were talking about it earlier when we were talking to Dan Graziano. What is your read on this situation? Because I, 
When it comes to Will Levis, I'm, I'm having some trouble seeing it. Well, I had a chance to talk to somebody that's affiliated with the Carolina Panthers organization last week, and they said that there is some concern about C.J. Stroud's ability to process information. Uh, now, what exactly does that mean? Do they trust what he sees when he gets to the line of scrimmage and the defenses and the schemes that he's facing? Does that mean his ability to be able to digest the playbook? Is it all-encompassing? Nobody knows, but, but that, that to me – Seems a little bit odd considering what I saw him do against the complex defense of Kirby Smart in the college football playoff semifinal where he shredded that Georgia defense, a Georgia defense that's going to have a lot of guys playing on Sundays, a Georgia defense that was led by Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. So I'm a little bit shocked to hear that floating around in NFL circles. But to me, to pass on the potential of C.J. Stroud and go with a guy like Will Levis, I I just – there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of uncertainty with that just based on what I've seen from both players and given where the Texans are with their program building. This is a franchise that's fighting for credibility, for validity in terms of what they're trying to do and and, and fighting just frankly to be consistently competitive and to pass up on a quarterback at number two seems odd, especially a quarterback of C.J. Stroud's ill. It does. Now, I will read you uh, a quote from somebody I trust on C.J. Stroud in evaluating talent. This is a talent evaluator, okay? And it is along these lines. This was I talked to this person last week in draft prep. Is he good enough to carry a team? He has all of the physical capabilities but he is not close to Bryce Young in, pr- in the processing of information. The more I've been around, the most important aspect of a quarterback is the split-second decision-making. Okay, I, I, I 100% buy that. And where is that the most um, visible? I think in the red zone and I think on third downs. Is that fair? That's fair. So... I'm going to give you some numbers, red zone on C.J. Stroud, comparatively speaking. These will be from 2022, and it will also have Will Levis in this group. And I told you Will's numbers yesterday, and they were alarming would be the word I would use. But I don't know how to evaluate that, okay? In the red zone this season, C.J. Stroud... 53% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, one interception. He took three sacks. That's pretty good. So he's got one red zone turnover. That's pretty good. Uh, That's pretty good. Raw QBR of 59. That's pretty good. Okay? That's pretty good, cuz. Now, Bryce Young's raw QBR was 90. Um, Will Levis... He had a raw QBR of 24.2 this year. Mm. Now, that is a fall-off from last year, and this is what I'm curious about. So as we're looking at Will Levis now, he went from a 75 in that category last year to a 24 this year, and a big reason why, he took nine sacks in the red zone this season and threw four interceptions 
in the red zone this season. So my question is, when we look at what he had to play with in terms of the talent and the lack of an offensive line, how do we evaluate all that in for Will Levis, who is also apparently banged up this year? Uh, it's tough. I mean, all of this stuff, all of these, all of this information that you're throwing out is just different data points to consider throughout your entirety of your evaluation. And these evaluations don't just stop at the first time they step foot on a college campus. You're talking about coaches and front office personnel talking to people that went to high school with these guys, people that were, you know, coaching them or teaching them in middle school. That they they do their due diligence in terms of not only determining the the traits when it comes to the physical aspect of it, but also the the mental side of the game. And so I, I think the comfort level has to be as such where you trust this player's ability to be able to grasp the scheme that you're trying to employ um, in your offense. And, and I think that's the biggest question with C.J. Stroud moving forward. Can he adjust to the learning curve that comes along with playing in the National Football League at that position? Um, I, I don't know that we've had those questions with Will Levis. I, I haven't been in a room with either one of those guys, haven't asked him to draw things up on a whiteboard, so I, I wouldn't know. But those are the things that are starting to emerge now. Those are the conversations that are, that are being had. To me, if the guy has you know shown struggles when it comes to grasping the playbook or – processing things in real time, you have to determine if the guy has the capacity to learn it. And if he does, then you have to trust your coaching staff that they can build out the offense around him as such where this guy can accentuate what he does well and mitigate what he doesn't do so well. To me, you don't pass on a talent like C.J. Stroud because he does have all of the tools and because I saw him do it at a really high level at a big-time program in college sports. I'm going to leave you with this, though. If you had to pick the guy that was number uh, that was number one among the five quarterbacks we expect to possibly see in the first round, who would it be? C.J. Stroud. It's not. Hendon Hooker. Okay. Hendon yeah. Hooker was tremendous in the red zone, ninety five point seven QBR. Well, uh, listen, and and I, and that's great. And I'm not saying that you should ignore those numbers. I'm just saying that those numbers are not the end all, be all. They're not because if, because if it was that easy, then nobody would miss on quarterbacks at the top of the draft. And we know that that's not the case. Picking a quarterback is more art than science, and you have to kind of know what you're doing. You also have to know the infrastructure that's in your program and what you're going to have around the kid and whether or not your program is adept at being able to deal with the bags of the player that you're bringing in. Okay, but the one thing I'll say is, when it comes to the processing of information, there is no place where it is more important and you have the least amount of time to do it than in the red zone. Fair? Um, That's how I'm looking at this. I don't know if that's the case. I, I would say things happen faster in the red zone, but, I mean, you could also point to third downs and two minutes in the end of games. Like, they, things happen fast there, too. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh. Red zone is an obvious point, though. Red, I'm not saying it doesn't. Red zone, things speed up. Things also speed up in two minute and a half in the game. Listen, at the end of the day, you and I both, if we were sitting at two and Bryce Young went first, would take C.J. Stroud because – I think we both think he's the real deal. Oh, I would take it a step further than that. If I was sitting at one with the Carolina Panthers, I'd take C.J. Stroud. I don't even think about it. As would I. 
as would I. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Speaking of quarterbacks, who would you hand that money to? $200 million guaranteed. The lines are open right now between Burrow, between Herbert, between uh, Jalen Hurts, and obviously the uh, – who's our fourth guy? Just slipping my mind at the second. Um, Lamar? Lamar Jackson. Thank you. There you go. Out of those four, who are you handing $200 million guaranteed to? Let's go. Let's hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN. Up next, the best story that you will hear all day. I promise. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Carlin, the podcast. Cantia is absolutely thrilled when I saw this. A little bit of news from earlier today. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin has been cleared to play football again after he suffered cardiac arrest. That is great news, big fella. How awesome is that? I'm happy for DeMar Hamlin. Clearly, he wants to continue playing football. And it's just impressive that this young man has had the incredible mental fortitude to go through what he's been through, to process all of those different emotions, and then come back to wanting to continue his passion, which is playing a game that he loves at the highest level. Here he is, DeMar, on just that, feeling blessed. My perspective has always been, even before this situation, it was, it was a blessing even just to make it to the NFL. Um, but to make it out of my situation um, with almost without a scratch on me and to have all the blessings come in my way, you know, it's just been one of those things where you – I'm just trying to figure out the best way to, to repay it, you know what I mean? And um, I've been beating statistics my whole life, you know, and some people might say that coming back to play might not be the best option, but that's their opinion. And um, like I said, I've been beating statistics my whole life, so I like my chances here. So just awesome. Hopefully he gets that opportunity. Uh, you would expect uh, that he'll continue to work his way back, and who knows if he'll be ready to go come training camp. It would be absolutely awesome to see. No, incredible. It's a great story, one of the best stories that we'll talk about all off season, Big fella, just from a personal note, I don't know that I had the courage, I would have the courage if I went through what DeMar went through to step foot back out on a football field. Because yeah. you are literally talking about life and death and being there on the brink. And to not only make it back, have a full recovery, but now progress to the point where the doctors and the team medical staff have cleared you 
to continue to play football at the highest level, man, that is impressive mental toughness and emotional toughness too. It, it, it really is incredible what this young man has been through, and it just speaks to the character of the man. I'm just – uh, how could you not be impressed with DeMar Hamlin and how could you mm. not root for him? You're talking about one of the scariest moments that we've ever experienced in football. And now this story having a happy ending. So it's great for DeMar and it's great for football fans too. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Eric, Minneapolis, next on ESPN Radio. Eric, who are you giving two hundred million guaranteed to among those quarterbacks? Oh, uh, I want to say uh, that's just a great story by Demar about Demar as well. I appreciate all of that you guys do. Um, I would give it to Joe Burrow. Uh, been in the championship game two years in a row, Super Bowl two years ago. I think he's got uh, championship uh, written all over him, and that's who I would invest in if I was the uh, the GM. If you were to ask me out of the four players who should get the most money based on what they've done so far, Canty, it would be Burrow uh, slightly over Hertz and Jackson at that point because Jackson's got the MVP to him, and obviously Hertz has been to a Super Bowl as well. Uh, Burrow's somebody that has uh, done an awful lot in the playoffs in just two years. No doubt, but beyond just what he's done in the playoffs, what he's done for that franchise, right? Yeah. He's given them legitimacy. You're talking about Cincinnati essentially being a laughingstock and not having won a playoff games in the three decades prior to Joe Burrow uh, walking in the building. So, I mean, it's just for, for Joe Burrow to create this air in that organization where they're perennial contenders, I, I think that, that in and of itself – is worth the commitment in 200 plus million dollars in guarantees just because this is a true transformer of the culture that you have drafted with the first overall pick. He's lived up to every expectation and uh, dare I say exceeded the expectations that you might have put on him. I I'm, I am just absolutely dying to know how this is going to play out financially and who's going to end up getting one and most of all how it's going to end up playing out for Lamar Jackson after all of this, because I'd hate to see the music stop and he's the last guy without a seat. Up next, should Draymond be suspended for Game 3? Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.